Our People and Skills series is sponsored by Fanuc, proud partners of the Manufacturer Podcast. Manufacturer Podcast today, rolling on a river. How Rolls Royce are heading upstream with upskilling for a partnership and a bit of government dash bash. And our mate Rashi explains, not Marcus, but J.S. Saker. And one of our first exemplars of our Top 100 program blows his top at one point, the sore point of the Skills Challenge. So pull up a pew and grab a brew for today's episode. Well, douse me in cornflakes and make me run through the village square on market day. It's episode four of our People in Skills series. And it's Friday. Good job. Another week down. I'm joined in the studio by old timer Joe Bush and chicken breast snob Lana Dima. (laughs) That's got to be the funniest intro you've ever done. I'm not laughing. I've just got panned. I'm crying. Both things you've been described as uh, during this uh, yeah. during this podcast series. Um, what, what was, sorry, what was it? A chicken breast, breast snob. snob. What's what's that? What's this all about? I only like chicken breast. I really don't uh, like chicken thighs oh, or anything like that. Yes, yes, that. Well, yeah, I, I, I took that. it to mean that you don't like. You only like very premium chicken. Yeah, that's, breast. yeah, that's where I, that's where uh, my thinking was taking me. Yeah. Well, I I would like that if. There wasn't like a cost of living crisis going on right now, but I can't afford to be. But there's a, there's a, there's a line. You're not going to stoop to chicken thighs. I just that. really don't <laughs> like. I'm not an animal. Yeah, she's yeah. not a monster. I mean, no, asking actually, the impossible. No, can I just say the meal that I get every time I come into the office mm. is chicken thigh, and I only found out recently, and I was like, what? I have been eating this willingly. <laughs> You've been um, eating what? Chicken breast willingly. Oh, sorry. Should, yeah, that's what I thought you said. <laughs> I should point out something quite, quite, quite sad. Actually, I know we've started this on on a really kind of jolly, um, jolly kind of trajectory. Uh, we were we've been sat in the office today, and Lana suddenly announces that she won't be going on holiday this year. Oh yeah. Well, and I don't want to say never say never. No, it could happen, but it might just be later just, in the year, and it won't be as many holidays as last year. Do you know? I've got, I've got like a vision of like a like a, a rainy window with Lana's face <laughs> leaned against it, gazing longingly into the distance. Cost Literally, living, that <laughs> yeah. will be me. The cost of living crisis is hitting hard. Lana's got to eat. <laughs> Lana's got to eat chicken thighs <laughs> and only go on one holiday. <laughs> What is the world going to? Well, once again, can I just say, here is the evidence of complete and utter bullying. Well, you don't help yourself, I've got to say. You know, it's an easy target sometimes. <laughs> the people and skills related headlines that are up and are live. Well, uh, well, on the if, if I'm just sorry, sorry, mate. If I'm sorry, just, just to interject slightly before we get into the nitty gritty. Yep. It's, it's Valentine's Day. Oh. Do we do we want to talk well, about any Valentine's no, well, Day cards? Because it's not Valentine's, no, it's not Valentine's Day. Well, it, well, it's okay. It's Valentine's it's Day week. Friday. Then. <laughs> yeah. It was Valentine's I, Day on. I have a, I have a week of romance in my house. <laughs> just just ask Mrs. Bush; she'll tell you. Oh no no no! That's oh. that sounds really weird, doesn't it? I didn't mean it to come <laughs> out like that. In, I didn't in. really mean it. Said it now. Like staying in. Um, oh no! Are we going to have to do what? What's everyone doing? I mean, no, we're not doing that. 
No? No, I hate Valentine's Day. So does... Oh, I thought you'd be all over it. Yeah. No, it's the most pointless day ever. Like, it's oh. just such an excuse. If I didn't say it before, Mr. Deemer is a lucky man. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though, um, my, uh, my significant other um, feels the same, actually. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't like Valentine's Day. Do you like it, then? Uh, no. <laughs> I guess it is a reminder of all those single years. And there wasn't another day of the year that I felt bad about being single, mm. other than Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Yeah. And it was like, oh. It's just a marketing thing, is. really, isn't it? You know, make a bit of money. Joe's, Joe's, Joe's clearly like <laughs> apart from Joe. Joe's got some mega plan. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I haven't. I don't want to know what he's got planned. No, 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 no. It's nothing like that. But you know, it's it's certainly not something I can just uh, you know randomly uh, uh, dismiss. No, uh, other you know, unless I you know want to be wearing my testicles as cufflinks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. For people in skills-related headlines that are up and live on themanufacturer.com are... Ah. 115,000 more girls need to study maths or physics A-levels to bridge gender gap in engineering. That's according to a research report released earlier in the week by Engineering UK. There's a Q&A with Young Manufacturer of the Year, Natasha Live. Ruth Hancock from our partners, Michael Page, sits down with her to discuss her career so far. Skills boost on the horizon for construction SMEs in 2023. A new poll of SMEs across the construction sector reveals. And while 2023 may be a challenging year, they still expect, on average, a 20% growth in revenue. Mentoring broadens focus of cycle storage firm Cyclock. Mentoring from a construction specialist is helping an entrepreneur to identify new markets for his award-winning cycle storage business. Check that out. Oh, and UKESF collaborates with Apple to inspire more girls into electronics. That's the UK Electronic Skills Foundation in collaboration with Apple. And it's announced its exciting Girls Into Electronics program for this year. Good news. Check it all out on themanufacturer.com for unlimited access to all our digital content. You pay just £5 a month. That includes an optional subscription to the Manufacturer magazine for UK readers, where you can read articles from me, Joe, Lana, James Devonshire, and some top draw guest contributors. Get your wallets around that. Anyone want to pick up on something from the headlines? Anybody want to pick up on something? Pick up on something, if you well, like, real quick. Yeah, not quickly, to sort quick. of, uh, you know, sour the mood or, or, or anything, but following hot on the news of uh, the British vault story a couple of weeks ago Ford is to cut uh, cut one in five jobs in the UK mm. Uh, mm. that's a total of 1300 over the next two years which is a fifth of its total workforce in the country part of a major restructuring program uh, we'll see um, just under 4,000 jobs cut overall across Europe which is which is a bit uh, a bit sad mm. um, yeah not not particularly good news that was that was on the BBC this morning so um, yeah bit sad that one it is, yeah, Joe playing the Eeyore role there yeah. when all of those headlines were happy. Um, giving us some balance, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, mate. Sorry, sorry. That's mm. all right, Lana. That's normally my role. Yeah, it is actually. Um, well, I suppose what I was going to mention was just about the Engineering UK research report. So I suppose that's probably not 
too happy news either, really. Oh, no, it's I not, guess not. No, it's not... Yeah, um, yeah. Well, it depends, if you, depends if you don't like maths or physics, I guess. Well, yeah, I don't like either, actually. But, no, um, nor do I. But, yeah, it's it's a really interesting report that's been released and um, it's just really interesting to see that sort of stark gender divide um, and just kind of proves even more what we all need to be doing to encourage more young girls to go into engineering um, careers. But you can read the full news story on the website. Rashitha Jayasekara of Rolls-Royce was at our Manufacturing Leaders Summit last year talking about how Rolls-Royce are using data within manufacturing and how the digital skills gap is impacting the ability to scale projects and unlock the next stages of digital transformation. Having accessed a bit of government money and partnering with Multiverse, who are supplying training and apprenticeship programs, Rolls-Royce are upskilling their staff, their engineers, and these people all understand data and have that mathematical and data science knowledge as core, but don't have much experience in modern digital capability. Rash will explain this better than I can. Here he is talking to Joe back in November at Smart Factory Expo. It's really all about skills, right? And um, I mean, we talked a lot today and, and yesterday about how the digital skills gap is affecting our ability to scale a lot of the initiatives and bring the next level of transformation. So what we're doing currently is we are proactively making interventions to the organization and skill planning to make sure we are reskilling people who are already working for Rolls-Royce and uh, making sure they're ready for to take that next step. What we're using um, is the, the government funding aspect of that, is we're utilizing the apprenticeship levy to fund that program within England, right? So we've partnered with a company called Multiverse. They provide digital apprenticeships, and uh, they've got a very unique way of um, delivering the training and also identifying the skills gap. And that's really important for us. And it's a sort of a data-led approach. And then we can really tune in to the organization uh, where do we need to deploy the skills to have the maximum impact. And we're combining the data from the skills survey from mm -hmm. Multiverse with our skills planning information that we traditionally has that gives us a more of an enhanced view of how to get the most out of our investment in technology. Because... In, at Rolls-Royce, we have a very uh, varying degrees of maturity in our smart factory uh, digital manufacturing capabilities in general, but um, we, have, we have been working on it for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. So we have some really good capability, but for us to go to the next level, that skills gap is our biggest barrier. So what we're doing through the government funding here is making interventions to the organization proactively making sure the people who are already working in our space mm -hmm. is killing with the digital skills. Yeah. Because for me, particularly things like data science, we need to bring mathematical skills, domain knowledge with the computer science skills, right? So a lot of our engineers have mathematical, math mathematical skills already because they're engineers, right? They're experts in their field, so they have domain knowledge. What they're missing is the 
the ability to code, ability to operate modern digital capability. So through Multiverse and um, using the government funding, we are enabling that component and that is allowing us to get maximum value from mm -hmm. our technology investments. Sure, okay, okay. So it sounds very much like uh, the strategy at Rolls-Royce has been to uh, around the reskilling of your existing workforce, perhaps rather than uh, bringing in skills from out from from it outside. So perhaps you could talk a little bit around that, around we, what, why that's we have done came both, right? Okay. We need to do both, right? Um, what we can't have at the moment is there is no enough resources out there to bring into the organisation in this space, right? There are no there aren't many digital skills uh, skilled individuals out there that we can recruit into manufacturing. We do need to do that, absolutely, because we need the thought diversity of somebody who's not manufacturing, coming into manufacturing, looking at manufacturing in a different lens, right? Um, at the same time, when we bring somebody like that, they don't have the domain knowledge or the sort of the mathematical skills awareness of that particular domain, right? That's really important to solve big, complex problems. Mm. And uh, what we have found is we do need to bring the disruptors to show us different lenses so we're not blind to certain aspects of things. But to truly scale it, we can't just keep buying resources into it. Mm. We will have to reskill our current population. Sure. So I would say 90% of the future digital capability will come from people we already from have. From inside Rolls-Royce. Right. Yeah. And 10% uh, we probably need to bring in. Yeah. And, and, and Around that 10%, that, that digital recruitment, how competitive is that space becoming at the moment? Because, because obviously those digital skills are also uh, in high demand in, in you know, the fintech sector, for example. So yeah, what, you know, what's the, what, how competitive is that landscape? It's really competitive. One of the, obviously, um, beauty of digital is, is industry agnostic and the skills are exactly the same. So somebody with the digital skills to an advanced level in manufacturing can transition into a different um, sector and they can learn the, about their sector quite quickly and you know be really successful, right? So manufacturing's got a real challenge in attracting those individuals to manufacturing, right? And it's really hard, right? You see, if you look at our job board, multiple digital manufacturing vacancies, um, all the way up to uh, chief of digital manufacturing. Um, and we are finding it really difficult to fill those vacancies. Our thanks to Rash there. Uh, that interview uh, is up on the Manufacturer Archives and will be out in full in the... Manufacturer magazine, or or is already out in the Manufacturer magazine. Well, it's already I think out. so by Friday, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So it is in this edition. It hasn't mm. quite dropped yet. Yeah, correct. But it probably has dropped today. Yes. Good. Good. On to our next interview. But first, a word from our sponsors. Our people and skills series is sponsored by Fanuc. As a leader in industrial automation, Fanuc wants to help you take your manufacturing business to the next level. Three out of five manufacturers are now looking to automate their production to boost productivity, increase throughput, cut energy use, and cope with labor shortages. 
Fanuc is passionate about inspiring tomorrow's engineers and educating businesses around the difference that automation and robotics can make with training and systems that deliver real-world value. Future-proof your business today with Fanuc Automation and Robotics. Now, Adrian Maxwell is the owner of Frasino, manufacturers of coffee machines. He's one of the top 100 exemplar OGs, which Joe didn't know what that meant earlier when, when, he, when he read that in, in, the, in, in, the, in the script. No, Named thank you. Thank you very much. in the alumni of, what, 2014, so the first ever. The first ever. Top 100. Yeah. So back when, blimey, back when what? Like you were a teenager? Yeah. I was Don't say it. Languishing in my twenties. Don't don't say it. There's no need. It's there. You don't have to take every opportunity. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It wasn't even a dig. It was just I was just pointing it out. Um at the end of his very long interview uh with with Joe, which which is an interview that will feature soon across a couple of TM streams, is that right? That's gonna be in the top one hundred newsletter. It's gonna be online at some point. Correct, yeah. correct indeed. At the end of, of what was a very long interview. Uh, he talks about his company's challenge around skills. So listen to this, uh, and then we're going to talk about it because because it's interesting. A lot of manufacturers, or most manufacturers that we that we speak to, they 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 speak around the issue of of, of skills and, and and talent coming into the sector. I think it's a headache for for yeah. most manufacturing companies out there. So is this um, is this a problem that you uh, a problem that you guys are wrestling with as as well? And, it, and if so, how was how how have you seen that sort of landscape change over the last ten years? Oh, that's a very interesting question and a very good point. So um, I would totally agree that there's a massive skill shortage um, and we can see it. You can see it in many, many walks, many walks. So you just want a basic guy to do something physical or practical. Um, you're finding that the majority of people that are doing that are in an older age group. Uh, mm -hmm. Youngster wise, we've got youngsters here. Don't get me wrong. We have got youngsters. I've got young girls. I've got uh, young lads that we're training. You know, we're pulling them through in their twenties, uh, even teenagers. But we're having to pull them, um, feed them through the system, um, sort them out at the beginning when you're first recruiting because half of them come in they're just utterly useless. Um, we had two new starters at the beginning of January when we first came back to work. One lasted uh, 24 hours. The other one lasted a day and a half. Um, just they don't want to do it they don't want to work all they want to do or it seems to be and i and i blame the education system to a certain extent um it's that they're just pushed into exams they're coached for exams um yeah they can't think for themselves you must do this answer that question here do that not think about how you're going to answer the question it's just you just do this and so they've got mm. no common sense um, they can't think around a problem. They can't think around an issue. They don't know how to communicate because they're always on the damn phones all the time. Mm -hmm. Press buttons. Um, everything's about a computer and an app and this and that and the other. They don't want to go and ride the bike or clean it or fix it or repair a puncture. They haven't got a flipping clue, to be honest with you. And I, and I do blame computers, computers as well to a certain extent and the mobile phones. I think they're a nightmare. I, I think my children are probably... They're in their thirties now, and they they kind of just picked up the back end of the phones where you just sent a message and you used it to ring, and it was useful. So we could always keep tabs on them, but that's it. You know, they yeah. weren't like bed till two and three in the morning. Um, you know, messing around on the phone and searching the internet and playing TikTok and all that. And it, I, I just, you know, you see you know, kids. I oh, want you to do the weekend. Oh, I was in my bedroom all weekend in your bedroom. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, good grief, man! I was never in there. Got up in the morning, off, gone playing. 
working on the farm, whatever, you know, doing something. Most of it was practical stuff because I like the practical stuff. But the, the, we had to entertain ourselves, so that's why you did it. But, of course, you've got this massive lull now where they really don't want to do anything. And if you find somebody who's got a few bits of practical skill and they come in and they're young, we're like, we want to grab them, you know. Uh, these are unusual. Um, and you find some of them that aren't very good at school or they, they you know, they struggle with um, academia, but they've got great practical skills. They're, mm-hmm. they're the ones you want. But, of course, the school doesn't push them. They're almost like dropped. Da-da-da, you're no good at You're not an academic. Boom, drop them. Just get them out. And they're the type of ones where you could do with the old technical schools. And I know there's a few of these schools around, um, but they could do with the old technical schools to push them into that. Well, you might make a good mechanic. You might make a part carpenter. You might make a plumber. We're going to need to go back to that system, I'm afraid, mm-hmm. and start pushing them. In. I know they, I know that they're thinking about it, and I know that they can see this thing, and I know that the apprenticeships have come back, which, of course, is what it needed, you know, 30 years ago. Um, we kind of had that big 10-year lull, but it's coming back. But until the education system recognises this and they recognise it at school I mean they don't do anything in school there's no woodwork metalwork like there was they do a bit of thing make a bit of thing out of a bit of paper and stuff like that but it's rubbish compared to what I did when I was at school you know we're proper mm. work lessons we were using lays but it seems they're petrified in case of health and safety and the, the cost of the equipment and it's just balmy I, I just you're mm. not you're not going to produce the kids that we need to fulfil the skill gap and then you're going to have other countries where you know, maybe like the Eastern Bloc, where they come from Ukraine or Russia or where they are training them that way, still the old way, that you, you'll need to go get these people, you know, the migrants back into the UK to fulfil the skill job and fill, fulfil the skill shortage. bit like the old point system in Australia, whereas if you've got a skill, you're filling it in and if you get your 50 points or whatever, you're in. Simple as that. Mm. You know, it's it's very interesting. My my daughter said because uh, she works at the Home Office with this asylum seeker. They had a a gentleman who can, who was seeking asylum from from Iran, and he was in a bit of a mess to be honest. Um, and uh, he said, "I want to work." And she said, "Oh, okay, no problem. Well, you know, what do you what do you do? You know, we need to know what you do. See if we can get you in." He says, "I'm an anaesthetist." And she went, "You're joking?" He went, "No, no, I'm qualified." He mm. was in the following day. They spoke to the hospital, got him through, pushed him through. He, and he's done. You know, he's in. He's in the system. He's working. He's helping us. He's paying tax. You know, he's, he's earning money. That's the type of people you want. And mm. that's going to end up happening. We're going to have to bring people in like that to, to fulfil the skill shortage. I mean, CNC machine is like rocking horse. Can't find it for love and money. I've had a couple. One was a Polish guy. It wasn't it wasn't enough for him. He needs something a bit more, which I understand. Other than that, we've got I've got an older guy here who's sort of semi-retired that's running the machines. You know, we we are struggling. Do you have an apprenticeship program or anything? Yeah, like that? yeah. Yeah, I've got a couple of apprentices at the moment, which we're, we're teaching it. We're, that's what we had to do in there. We've had to train in-house. There was no other way of doing it but training in-house. Um, and that's what we've done. Uh, we had another apprentice that was, we did train on CNCs, and then he decided he wanted to go into the you know, office side, and uh, he disappeared working for Network, Network Rail, doing nothing to do with engineering, which was really odd. Um, but that's what he wanted to do, and it's a shame because there's a skill shortage. You know, we've got a skill shortage, and he's moved out of that field. Um, mm. Basically, don't want to get his hands dirty, and they want to just mess with computers all the time. So, if Anita Davenport Brooks and Angela Lawler on last week's episode were kind of pretty diplomatic about the relationship between industry and education, <laughs> Adrian was not. Right? I mean, I mean, that was pretty hard hitting. What, what do we make of that, guys? It was an interesting take. Um, yeah, like you said, considering obviously we had Anita uh, from Landa last week talking about how we need to stop with the blame game and mm. kind of everyone just blaming each other, you know, schools, further education, manufacturers, um, and really sort of highlighting how much 
we all need to be working together to help the younger generation. Um, so that was interesting. But I would also just say it really depends on the individual um, who is thinking about going into an apprenticeship because some people might not be ready for yeah. that and, you know, going into that professional workplace environment. Um, but it's one of those important steps in your career that you would like to think your parents and your school is supporting you on and can guide you. Um, so, yeah, I guess it, it really is down mm. to the individuals. I, I, I'm no, I have no doubt that there must be some, like how, you know, he mentioned that really aren't interested, but... I would say, you know, yeah, definitely I mean, not everyone is like no, that. I guess it was more of a kind of accusation of, and it was, you, you, you can't dress it up as an accusation, isn't it, of schools mm. producing young people who, well, paraphrasing here, can't think of themselves, are coached through exams, who are dropped if they're not academic, who don't have any common sense, who are always on their phones. Has is he, is he got a point, Joe? Yeah, is it, that's that, is it that kind of street smarts versus book smarts? argument isn't it i mean there was certainly no punches pulled there was it but i think what it did do is highlight a couple of issues that we see quite on a quite a regular basis around skills that being this missing link if you like between education and industry and there being a bit of a disconnect which is certainly evident it's certainly we know evidence by what we see and also um a, a lack of knowledge at the teaching level and at the parental level that enables them to pass on the correct knowledge of the industry and give that correct perception of the manufacturing industry to students and children. So they are fully armed and fully aware of the opportunities that exist and are given the real picture of the sector. Um, but of course, that, I think I, I think what, uh, what um, Adrian was alluding to was the fact that, you know, the current teaching uh, based just don't have that knowledge of yeah. the industry. They haven't got mm. an accurate idea of what manufacturing is all about, and therefore, as a consequence, neither do the kids. Mm. Um, so that's, I think, that was my two takeaways from from what was quite a, uh, a forthright uh, section of the interview. I think, on a really basic level, for me, I can see his frustration, but on a really basic level, when when you're that young and you're coming into an apprenticeship or a kind of first job. I think of myself at that age, I'm not sure if I was particularly engaging. I'm not sure if I was particularly, I haven't really developed those skills. I certainly haven't developed those kind of work skills. So I can see why as a, as a manufacturer, you'd get a little bit annoyed when someone comes through and they don't seem particularly you know, interested or engaged or they're on their phone the whole time. You know, it's, just, it's just young kids, right? Mm. Like a, a lot of those sorts of skills, they maybe haven't fully developed yet yeah he's certainly not the first manufacturer we've interviewed to to have pointed out the what while they may be getting young people coming through they're not equipped with the skills that they're necessarily looking for which again highlights that disconnect that we're talking about um so it's not i don't although yeah as i said the um the interview certainly didn't pull any punches but i thought the general messaging whilst packaged differently, was not something we haven't heard before. No, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I guess that's another reason why it's, why some of those open days are so important um, for manufacturers to open their doors to schools um, and to be able to, you know, say, come and have a look so that you can 
really help the younger people to get an idea of what they're going into. Because well, I, do, uh, do you know what? I think it's just as important as that is opening those doors to teachers and, and, and parents yeah, as well. Yeah, because they're the ones that have the influence over the next generation. They're the one that's going to be pushing young people into a certain direction. Yeah. And if they're not equipped with the right knowledge, then as I said before, the kids aren't going to be either. Yeah. So I think it's just as important that there's, there's that education element there for teachers and, pupil, um, and parents as well. And that's where a lot of the perception comes from, right? That of course. Perception yeah. Yeah, yeah. of generations yeah. that, you know, maybe when they, when they, you know, new people, you know, did work in that sort of industry, industry themselves, did have to get their hands dirty more mm. than you would do now. Mm. Yeah, but that's the impression that I got from that National Manufacturing Day last year, that it was for the schools just as much as it was for the students there. Mm. Um, it was just obviously it didn't come at the best And, time. of course, it's a rapidly changing sector. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm plucking figures out of the air, but I would I would suggest that the manufacturing industry has changed more over the last 10 years yeah. mm. than it had done in the previous 100, probably, in terms of the digital technology that's now coming through and now being de- adopted and deployed. Yeah. So, you know, any parents or teachers out there of a certain, of a certain age group are gonna, not going to be accurately informed of what the real what the reality of man, of working in manufacturing is mm. um you can hear as i said earlier uh, more of adrian's or can read more of adrian's interview uh, when it comes out on the manufacturer.com and in our top 100 newsletter that you can keep an eye out for as well as that interesting bit on skills he does go into some of the challenges uh, that Frasino has faced during his time um he the owner, but very much, I think he's has he not kind of worked his way up yeah. from from that business. He's the MD and inherited it from his father, so it's very much a very much a family business. Yeah, yeah, interesting, some very interesting insights. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. Well, we're done, guys. Another action-packed episode, I reckon. Yeah, um, it's been a good series, and we've got two more episodes. After this one, listener. So give us your ears again, eh? Why not? Join us. What's the equivalent of having it, the ear equivalent of having your eyes peeled? Uh, there isn't really one, is there? Keep no. a lookout. Well, with your eyes, with your ears. So, so, no. so you keep your eyes peeled. And keep your it, ears. What would it be? Keep your ears strained. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your ears, yeah, strained and listening. Yeah, no, yeah, it doesn't really work. Email, email us in, listener, with your answers to that cryptic poser. Ooh, that's a good idea. Mm. Yeah, email us. Who's got the easiest email? Joe. Email j.bush at henicgroup.com. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you could, if it's really cool, then you could come on podcast with us. Um, well, be starstruck. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> what, you're inviting people onto the podcast now. Yeah. Why, though? Because if they can come up with a better thing than us three can, then I think yeah, yeah, they yeah. deserve a spot at the table. Oh, no, no. I'll just For a special. Uh, no. What, a, oh. a manufacturer ear special? <laughs> I would love that. We'll read it out. They can... They can Remain anonymous if they want. All right, or, or Tom really do doesn't want name. to invite any guests. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is our podcast. Anyway, yeah, uh, j.bush at henicgroup.com. Get those suggestions in. Uh, and until next time, um, uh, uh, enjoy yourself. Take care. Stay safe. Bye-bye.
Our People and Skills series is sponsored by Fanuc, proud partners of the Manufacturer Podcast. Podcast.